When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, we are on Patreon. If you want to go to patreon.com slash 7lamb, you can donate as little as a dollar a month and it all goes to helping us create content such as Atlas. We have a ton of content on there, including bloopers, scripts, talks with the cast and creators, extra podcast episodes, uh, depending on what you listen to and depending on how much you'd like to donate, you can look at our tiers. If you donate to our top tier, our 7lamb, our ultimate lamb, you can get all of our audio dramas ad-free and weeks to months early. We release everything on there first before we release it to the public. So if you want to check that out or check out any of the other tiers we have, you can go to patreon.com slash 7lamb, the number 7 L-A-M-B, and we appreciate any amount you can donate. It all goes to helping us create these podcasts. Thanks, and enjoy the next episode of Atlas Avenue Beat. Seven Lamb Productions presents Atlas Avenue B. Case 3 The Gold Hawk. Part 8 The Coat. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It was 8 in the morning, and I got to the office to find Joey waiting outside in the cold. He was shivering like a maniac, but that's probably because the fucking idiot wasn't wearing a coat. You're so dumb, Joey. I told you. I told you. I'm not cold. You're shivering like catnip after a bath. Wear a coat, you dumbass. I don't need a coat. I have my muscle mass to keep me warm. Mr. J would be here soon, so I told Joey to get to fucking work. I then went to my desk. Hours passed, and Mr. J never showed. I started getting worried. Only times he didn't show up to work is when he was in crazy trouble or fucking some broad. I hope it was the first one. Unless the broad was Lauren, because she was really nice. Hey, Edith, I think I found all the bugs in the office. I did a sweep. I'm a pretty good P.I., huh? All you did was unhook some microphones, Joey. You haven't even solved a case yet. Mr. J solves cases and shit. He's legit. I can be legit. I could be too legit. Too legit to quit. You gotta solve a fucking case then. I will. Give me a case. Give me one. Okay. I left my lunch on the bus. Go find it. No shit, really? Uh, I'll find it. I really will. Okay, then do it. Uh, Where do I start? You want to be the investigator? You figure it out. I can do this. Clues are sandwich, bus, 
Edith outside and MC Hammer. What? Joey ran downstairs and out the front door. He still didn't have a fucking coat. What an idiot. Sure am. I'm cleaning horse shit just like you asked. Oh my god, it's all over you. It's really hard to do. You're holding a hoe. <laughs> you said hoe. <laughs> Where's the shovel, honey? I couldn't find it. Why don't we get you all cleaned up, hmm? I'll run you a nice bath. <gasps> Can I get the Scooby-Doo bubbles again? I told you we're all out, but we still have some SpongeBob ones. I don't want Spongebob ones. I hate Spongebob. I thought you loved Spongebob. I love Patrick. I hate Spongebob. Honey, they're all bubbles. The Scooby-Doo ones are just the same as the Spongebob ones. It's just a different picture on the bottle. You're just a picture on a bottle. Now don't you use that tone of voice with me. Come on, let's go inside. Bethany was a nice lady. I liked her. She was like a mom, but she was also like a sexy lady. We had sex a lot. She was better than that whore I was married to, Lorraine. It had been a while since I talked to Lorraine. Not, not that I cared. She was dumb and I hated her now. Although I did miss little Ronald and Rebecca. I think those were their names. I can't remember. Now let's get you out of those stanky clothes. P.U. I climbed into the bath with my stupid SpongeBob bubbles. See? They're the same as the Scooby-Doo ones. They are not, woman! Oh, Polly. Huh. I wonder who that could be. I wasn't expecting any guests. Were you? I ordered a pizza yesterday, but it's scheduled to come tomorrow, so it can't be that. You ordered a pizza two days in advance? Well, yeah, because I know I'll be hungry then. Hmm. Okay. Well, let me go see who it is. Can I leave you in the bath for a moment? I'm a grown man. I can manage. Honey, the last time I left you alone in the bathtub, you nearly drowned. Well, it's hard to sit up. It's slippery. Plus, I wanted to see where the drain was up close. Next time, wait till the bathtub is empty. You can't try to breathe underwater. Ugh! I was tired of holding my breath. Well, then take your head out from under the water. Oh, my God, there's so many rules in this bathtub. That's a rule for any bathtub and pool and, honestly, any body of water. I need more bubbles. All right, I'll be right back. I liked Bethany a lot, but it did bother me she didn't know the difference between Scooby-Doo bubbles and SpongeBob bubbles. But she made me pie, so I let it slide. I continued to play with my dinosaur toys till she got back. What was taking her so long? I needed more bubbles and I still smelled like shit. It's about time. My dinosaurs need more bubbles to hide in. What's wrong? Bethany came into the bathroom with tears in her eyes. She sat on the toilet seat. If, if you're going to pee, you should lift the lid. I'm not going to pee. I just need to sit down. I just received some terrible news. Oh, no. Did they cancel my pizza order? 
It wasn't a delivery, Paul. It was DiGiorno? <laughs> no. It was one of my brother's old friends. What did he want? <laughs> Bethany looked like she was really sad. And this was upsetting because I'm pretty sure this meant she wasn't going to get me any more bubbles. <laughs> oh, Paul. I don't know what to do. Well, do about what? <laughs> it's my family. They're in trouble. was good. Mm, yeah, it was. I can't believe it's three in the afternoon. We just had sex for six hours? Well, I mean, we took that break to drink Gatorade and stretch. Still, that's the most sex I've ever had at one time. I mean, with another person. Mm, it was really good. I think I finished four or five times. Oh, I finished 13 times. My balls are the size of raisins and my penis is a hot throbbing mess. Sexy. Lauren curled up into my arms. Mm, I missed this. Me too. We laid in bed as the soft glow of sunlight gleamed through the curtain. Can I ask you a question? Okay. If Donald is just a beard and you're ex-CIA, why are you still with him? Did you fall for him like me? Lauren was quiet for a few moments. She shifted underneath the cover. Well? I might be ex-CIA, but I never dismantled Smush. My job was never completed. I continued to work on the side, so I decided to keep my cover. But Donald was assigned as a beard, right? Yes. Couldn't you just tell him? I could, but it helped having a cover. It helped when traveling. I needed to bring down Smush so when this whole Goldhawk ordeal happened, I was glad I didn't have to quit, you know? Smush is my white whale. Does that make sense? Of course it did. Lauren wanted smush like I wanted Desmond Grant, my white whale. I totally understand. So you didn't fall for Donald? No, not like you. But you still had sex with him? <laughs> well, I have needs. <laughs> James, are you jealous? No. You ended it with me first. I did no such thing. You ended it with me. James, you stormed out. But then you moved away. I had to. I missed you. And I you. Lauren kissed me on the forehead. It's a new start. Now come on, let's go. Where? I'm meeting with Simon and Byman. Come with me. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> I think we already had enough sex for today. Yeah, I, I was just kidding. I, I can't go again. If I finish one more time, it's just going to be a puff of air shooting out or just straight up blood. Ugh, Jesus Christ. My penis really hurts right now.
We arrived at the sleazy Ross Motel around four. Outside the front office were two hookers dressed as elves turning tricks. Where they got the cereal, I don't know. I love this time of year. It's so festive. Everyone is always in the Christmas spirit in Kenneth Heights. I like that. There's hookers over there. But they're dressed as elves. You sure this is the right room? Lauren? What took you so long, Simon? I was in the bathroom. What about Byman? I was in the other bathroom. Two bathrooms? It's the only good thing this motel room has to offer. It really was. The motel room was small, the wallpaper yellowed from years of smoke. Cracks ran along the ceilings, dust clung to air vents and window sills. The windows were cracked and covered by rusty bars. You stay with Donald in a high-end hotel and these guys have to stay here? Yeah. What's up with that? That doesn't seem fair. This motel is worse than my childhood bedroom. Oh, this again? For the last time, our parents loved you, Byman. No, they didn't. They named me Byman. I lived in a closet from the ages of 4 to 10, and yesterday you told me they actually bought you Christmas gifts every year? They bought you gifts for Christmas, too. Mom bought me a can of soup one time, but told me I had to give it to a homeless person or God would hate me forever. It still counts. They bought you a car before you could even drive. Yeah, but, you know, it was a civic. <sighs> Guys! Can we? Hey, do you two always go to the bathroom at the same time? Is that like a twin thing? No, it was just a coincidence. The only thing we ever do at the same time is eat oblong-shaped foods. It's a weird fetish. Sexual? Not always. Okay, enough! Where's Antergard? Antergard? Your friend from the Soft Pop Casino? Simon and Byman have been watching his every move since he was released from jail. He didn't shoot Ugart, even though that bumbling cop believed so. So who shot Ugart? <laughs> Sue Ellen? Byman, I know you're joking around, but I asked you nicely not to spoil Dallas for me. I'm only midway through season three. So who really shot Ugart? Hmm. Someone you would never expect. Tom Hanks? No. Someone close to you. My mom? <sighs> no. Someone you have been searching for. Jesus Christ? <sighs> Think harder. Oh my god, Desmond Grant! Close. Not Desmond Grant, but the next best thing. Desmond Grant's son. Ugh, no. Andrew Topple. Although, now he is going by a different name. Andrew Topple was Desmond Grant's accomplice. He went by many aliases. Andrew Topple, Andrew Fedora, Andrew Gardman, and now... Andrew Wiseman. He always has a different last name. He's crafty like that. James, you help us take down Smush will help you get Andrew, which, in turn, could lead you to Grant. You don't think he's working for Grant now, do you? No, he's a gun for hire. He's working for Le Chef now. Le Chef? Ahead of Smush. So he kills Ugard, plants a bullet that leads us to Logan Antergard. Why? Killed two birds with one stone. He killed two birds with one stone, too? That bastard! I love animals. Even birds... No. I mean, he kills Ugart to tie up loose ends, and then plants evidence to get Logan Anergard taken out of the private poker game. Anergard is part of the Irish mob. He didn't sound very Irish to me. Uh, he's half Irish. He was the one selected by the mob organization to play in the high-stakes poker game. He's considered one of the best poker players in the world. Smush is putting on a six-player game, winner-take-all. But if you think Smush is going to just take the money and run, then you really don't understand Smush at all. They plan on placing a double agent. 
So six people from different criminal organizations are playing? Yes. Mortimer Brewster of the Agents, a South American organization. Jim Blandings of the Italian Mob. Jerry Flynn of the Mantis Mugs, a Canadian mob. Walter Burns of the Sinola, a European syndicate. John Roby of Ice Age, a cybercrime organization. And Logan Antergaard was supposed to play for the Irish Mob, but will be replaced. Those are very interesting names. Most likely all aliases, and surprisingly, many of whom are Cary Grant fans. So Andrew Wiseman planted a bullet on Ugard's body so that Antergaard would be replaced? Supposed to associate the game, but they've also converted John Roby of Ice Age to double-cross his own organization. Roby is a great player, but not better than Antigard. Smoosh, being worried, decided to force Antigard out. Who will the Irish have play in his stead? Probably a nobody. So Smoosh holds the money from each organization, plants a double agent to win the money back, also they can have the money and keep the government secrets too? They're assholes. So how do I fit in? You said it was a six-player game. Sounds like every seat is filled. We're gonna pull a Smoosh move. And be assholes? Exactly. We drove back to my place after discussing all the details with Simon and Byman. The twins were watching Antigard to see if Wiseman appeared to snuff him out. She-Devil and I were to find Jerry Flynn and take him out. Then I would be given a name, background, and fill in for Flynn. Flynn was part of the Canadian mob known as the Mantis Mugs. They had their hands in everything up north, running the whole organization based around the illegal moose trade and the exportation of several different kinds of syrup. It was all very serious business. Never acted like a Canadian before, but how hard could it be? Pretend to not like guns and apologize all the time? Easy. So, Jerry Flynn? I'm waiting on a friend to call. A contact from the CIA. They're tracking Flynn. So what do we do in the meantime? We did exactly what I thought we would do. We went back to my place and had sex. We snuggled up in bed under the warm blankets. I'm serious, we need to stop for the rest of the day. My dick is about to break off. (laughs) Okay, let's just cuddle. She snuggled closer. We're not going to leave each other, right? Not again. I hated that I was being so sappy. I should never have let my job come between us. Maybe it was my job that pulled us apart, but now it's my job bringing us back together. On my phone. She-Devil, I mean Lauren. I guess I should stop calling her that if we were actually getting back together. Although this is my narration, it's not like she can hear me. I could call her an asshole, a chicken-headed bitch, an ice queen of monumental bitch proportions, and she would never know. Why are you looking at me like that? Oh, I'm sorry. No reason. She eyed me a few seconds and then answered the phone. Hello, yes? She walked out of the room. I stared at the ceiling, contemplating life and rubbing my throbbing wang. I can't believe I'd be playing poker again. There was a lot riding on this. My life, government secrets, even my newly reformed relationship with Lauren. There it is! Lauren. That wasn't so hard. Lauren. Lauren. There. Got it. Easy. James. Yes, devil? I I mean, Lauren? Seriously? Habit. Get dressed. 
We have to go. We drove along some country roads as the sun set over the horizon. A light snowfall began just as we reached the Isley estate. Lawrence slowed the car to a crawl and parked in front of the gate. Here? My contact in the CIA told me Flynn's plane landed not long ago. He's getting picked up and brought here to stay for the week. Until the game. So we wait? Yes. You want to have sex while we wait? Mm, I thought your penis hurt. It does. Never mind. We waited a half an hour with no signs of life. Hmm. Your contact is sure. One second. Hello, Simon. What do you mean? Shit! When? Right now? Okay, I'm on my way. What's going on? Anergard is dead, and Wiseman escaped. He jumped in a car and is heading down Fifth Avenue. Apparently, Simon and Byman weren't paying attention. They were supposed to switch watch, but they both ended up going to the bathroom at the same time. Again? That's gotta be a twin thing. I knew there was more than just an oblong-shaped food fetish. I have to go. What do you mean? I can't stay here. You have to subdue Flynn. How? I punch him in the back of the head? I don't know. How do you normally subdue someone? I usually punch them in the back of the head. Sometimes I tie their shoelaces together if I had more time. Whatever you do, just don't be seen. You want me to wait in the cold? The snow's picking up. Here. Lauren reached into the back seat and grabbed a large tan coat. No, no way. I'm not wearing one of those Donald's horizontal zipper coats. James, please. I can catch Wiseman. I can cut him off. I hesitated a moment. I'll be back for you. Give me the damn coat. I watched as Lauren's car disappeared around the bend. The sun was nearly down, nightfall quickly approaching. Thirty minutes had passed and not one car approached. I walked over to a bus stop and sat on a cold, wet bench. I had to knock some of the snow off to make room. It was cold out, but, and I hate to admit this, Donald's coat was quite comfortable and warm. The zipper thing was still stupid, though. I sat on the bench thinking about the poker game. It's been so long since I played and the game was coming up. I needed time to practice. Time to get back into my old groove. Suddenly, a man walked up and sat next to me on the bench. He wore a trench coat and a beanie. He had a large nose and thick black beard. He looked over to me and smiled. Cold night, isn't it? This guy seemed odd. It is. You're not... you're not Jerry Flynn, are you? My name's Emil Garrison. Oh. Just waiting for the bus. Should be here any minute now. You live here? I do, I do. My house is right there, over yonder. Emil pointed to a tall two-story house, three down from the Isley estate. Lived there all my life. You don't live around these parts. No, visiting friends. The man nodded. Hmm. 
Well, that's pretty peculiar. What? That plane. What about it? Well, that plane's dusting crops where there ain't no crops. Is that so? And it's nightfall. Crop dusters don't dust no crops at nightfall. Interesting. I was getting a bad vibe from this guy. The two of us just sitting on a lone bench at night, him with all this knowledge about biplanes. And? What? It's snowing out. Crop dusters shouldn't be flying around in the snow. Also... Listen, buddy. What is this? How do you know so much about crop dusters? I was a crop duster for 47 years. Although I did take two years off between 87 and 89 to be a pole dancer. That's when I was a drug addict. It just seems fishy. You and I sitting here on a bench alone at night. What do you really want? I told you. I'm waiting for the bus. Oh, yeah? Where is this so-called bus? Right here. Oh. Well, have a good night, weird man who doesn't like information about out-of-place planes. The man boarded the bus. I looked to the back of the bus where I saw Joey, Joey Evernuckle, banging on the window. He gave me a thumbs up and held up a brown paper lunch bag. What was he doing? He smiled and waved as the bus pulled away. Man, Joey was a weird guy. I felt bad for lashing out at that guy. Why was I so on edge? Maybe because it was cold, I was waiting to beat someone up, I was wearing a coat I didn't aesthetically like, and I had no idea how long I'd be out here. That's when I noticed the plane. The out-of-place plane, as the man had put it. The plane was getting closer. That's when I realized it was heading for me. I jumped up and ran. The plane was right behind me. I jumped to the ground as it swooped low. Shit! They were shooting at me. The plane made a wide turn and headed back. I jumped back and ran down the road. I ran as fast as I could, but where could I hide? The plane was right on my tail. I dove to the right and rolled down into a ditch. I ate a mouthful of snow. I looked up. The plane was making another turn. I jumped up and looked around. No cars in sight, no people. But there was a barn, not far. I ran for the cover. The plane was getting closer and closer. I didn't know if I could make it. Shit! I dove to the ground. I felt a bullet graze my arm. I rolled to my side and saw red snow. I was bleeding. Luckily, the bullet just nicked my right arm. The plane made another turn and headed back. Screw this. I reached for my gun, but I realized I didn't have it. Where was it? Did I leave it at home after Lauren and I had penis-breaking sex? I felt around my pants pockets. The coat. The coat! I unzipped the bottom half and shimmied out. I jumped back up and ran, holding tightly to the bottom of the coat. The wind whipped at my exposed belly. The plane was getting closer. I needed to wait until the last moment when it would swoop down. It did just that. As it closed in, I turned around and threw the bottom half of the coat in the air. The coat snagged the propeller. I quickly dove to the ground. I rolled down a snowbank and hit my head in a rock. My head hurt. I looked up with blurred vision just in time to see the pilot lose control. The plane flipped and took a nosedive right into a group of pine trees. I smiled. I was in a daze. I looked at my arm, which continued to bleed. Shit. I tried to get up, but my head was throbbing and my arm ached, but my penis actually felt really good in the snow. I decided to stay put and rest. I snuggled up on the rest of my coat, closed my eyes, and drifted off. Atlas Avenue Beat, written by Robert M. Lamb. 
edited by Isa Yazdezade. Starring Jack Austin as Locke, Amy LeRae as Edith, James Sweezy as Paul, Brian Messick as Arthur, Robert M. Lamb as Joey, Corey Pettit as Lauren, Aiden Diamond as Simon, Contendo as Byman, Mike Lenhart as Curator, Brett Wilkins as Donald, and Mallory Presley as Bethany. Co-starring Mitchell Beck, Evelyn, Seth York, Crystal Hall, James Brown, Cody Meadows, Lewis Ferrant, Caitlin Spring, Dennis Caldwell, Amber Simpson, Sean Sullivan, Hope Ennis, Melanie Kissel, and Luke Hurt. Music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to rate and review. Also, check out www.7lamb.com for other podcasts such as this one. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 7lampodcasts and on Twitter and Instagram at 7lampodcasts. This has been a 7 Lamb production. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.